Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 202. I am Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. Are you guys hey. sick of hurricane coverage yet? Yeah. I mean, I I'm think- just going to go ahead and be seen as callous and just say it like, I don't, it's not that I don't care. I don't see how I need 24-7 coverage of something that... Can I make the point that they were pushing the hurricane on us? They were pushing... They wanted it to be bigger, I think, than it turned it out being. Well, I mean, yeah. The the news has been pushing weather disasters on us for a long time now. Well, it's because we pulled out of the Paris Accord. So, you know, like eight months, this all happened. Right. Well, you know, I do. I, I do have family, and part of it it was hit, and I went to go look up the damage, and it was. It looked like a really bad rainstorm in Florida. I mean, they they were like, yeah, the awnings weren't ripped down. Local businesses took their awnings down, but a sculpture in 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 the middle of town had some wind damage, and I'm like. This isn't that far from where it was supposed to be, like, total destruction, make Andrew look like a bitch. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know how to feel. Like, I kind of am like, were we sold a bill of goods? Because it doesn't well, really look like as bad as, as, you know, the apocalypse that, that, that was being predicted. It seemed like, I mean, it was definitely a large hurricane, but it seemed like when it hit land... It kind of petered out, like it couldn't sustain itself, and maybe that's the case. I'm no meteorologist, but maybe when you have a huge hurricane like that, it just doesn't have the capability to sustain that speed over land. Doesn't have that same, you know, heat exchange that it needs with the the water to create that cyclone. But I think somewhere knows. in the newsroom on Monday, someone went, "Ah, fifty-two." That's but it. On, on NPR, it was just every day, just 20 minutes of interviewing people about, you know, yeah, I got water in my house. I'm staying in a shelter. I have no power. I feel sympathy. You would think- I, I feel sympathy, but, you know, when they started the pledge drive today, I was like, oh, thank God. You talk about something else. You would think that the way it was being covered, that by the end of this, Florida was going to be gone. The maps now have to be altered. Yeah. I mean, it, it, too, it was, it's, the, the notifications I was getting were comical. I, I believe at one point on Saturday night, I was getting like hour-by-hour hour, uh, power outage updates for the Miami area. Why? Well, we're up to 2 <laughs> million people without power. Okay. Expected. It's a hurricane. You know? Yeah. It, you know, it's not so much the the lead up to it though that I found egregious. It was the the post hurricane talk about what do they do now, and I, I think that's sure that should be local news. If you live in that area, you want to know why does the whole world want to follow this more than anything else that's going on in the world. 
I will say it was a nice break from Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie. It was nice for a week to not have the lead story on everything involve Donald Trump. Right. But he's still got to be involved, you know. He was oh, yeah, but it was... He it was, was nice a- that the first name you heard in the news was Irma and not <laughs> President Trump. Right. He was asked about the the succession of hurricanes and whether that said anything about global warming. Oh, Which my it was, God. Did he tell him to shut up? Well, his response was that he's... <laughs> He says that, uh, you know, when you look back at history, it wasn't really that big. And, uh, you know, you look back to the 1920s, the, the teens, you know, you go back that far. They had, they had hurricanes that big or almost that big. Like, it, you have no idea. Like, you, are, you didn't research this. You have no You're idea. Worse. You have no right. Re- <laughs> You're talking about a time when we didn't even have category numbers for them. So it was big fucking hurricane or not that big of a fucking deal. I think were there two classifications of hurricanes at the time. Big fucking hurricane or not a big fucking hurricane. I believe those would be scientific terms. I was going to say if they had had more than one, it's it's probably, oh shit, oh shit, and... Holy fucking shit! That's probably about the the, the way they decided it. I did right. see there was did there see, was tie the goat there was tie the goat down there was get in the shelter <laughs> and then there was kiss your ass goodbye. Those are the three categories. Yeah, there was honey. I've loved you since the moment I saw you. Hurricane coming, <laughs> but no, hey, look, I did see a some water coming. I did see some pictures that that were that were. I mean it. It, just from purely looking at the picture standpoint, it was it was kind of like, whoa, okay, that's fucked up. Which is the hurricane had sucked back the shore, the, the water from the shoreline around parts of Florida that I know, yeah. you know, that I've I've walked on that beach, I've swam in that ocean, and I was just like, whoa, that's kind of that's kind of creepy. Did you see you know, that I mean, that weird alien that washed ashore too? It looked like an evil dolphin with jagged teeth that were like sticking out of its mouth, and it had basically no face, like no discernible eyes or nose or anything. I did not see that. What was that? Some sort of like deep sea creature that that got sucked up into the yeah to the hurricane and deposited. Hey, every time they go Area down in the ocean, in the, they find new been species. It's in the wrong state the whole time. Well, dude, fucking, this is you know, my brother. I give I give him credit on this. On this subject, he's like, we don't know what the fuck is at the deepest parts of the ocean because we haven't been there. Right. Like, it's some terrifying shit down there. We know way more about our own solar system than we do about the bottom of our own oceans. No shit. And I'm just like, yeah, it is some terrifying shit down there. I wouldn't want to, I don't care if it was a remote. I wouldn't want to be piloting some, like, remote shit and then have some sea demon swim up to the camera. I'd fucking jump like a fucking foot and be like, what the fuck? Hey, do I want to be shit? Peter Thuz on behalf (laughs) of the sea creature? Oh, fuck that. I'd be like uh, Ripley from from Aliens. (laughs) Just take off and nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fuck that. I mean, those things, those, those things get the ability to walk on land. We're fucked. I didn't catch that, Chris. Are you talking about PETA? Yeah, didn't you hear that there, there was a decision handed down this week about a guy had a camera set up and a monkey took an accidental selfie and PETA 
sue yeah. for the proceeds of the picture to go to the monkey? Uh, they sued right. on behalf of the monkey. Yes, because the image of the monkey belongs to that monkey. I mean, has that, PETA that, lost that their is, mind completely? That is literally their argument. That is that is their argument. So the photographer I mean, had agreed to like set up all future proceeds from this go to like uh, the place that houses the monkey or whatever. If I, I, I guess I like, if you if you start with the premise of your organization being that all living animals are equal, then. I guess you got to follow that through. You know, I I don't know why they're so uh, hateful against plants, but you know, I, I guess I'd they have, like they have to have their pet cause. Theory. The mo- they should give the monkey the money. You give him a check or just give him all the cash, and he gets to do whatever he fucking wants with it. If he chooses to wipe his ass with it, so be it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's going to try to first. He's going to sniff it. Then he's going to try to eat it. Then he's going to try to fuck it. And then he's going to wipe his ass with it. And then he's going to lose interest. As a group, we missed an opportunity to get this monkey into a suit and get him into court. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to dig up Phil Hartman and have him do caveman lawyer to represent him too? Tarzan yeah, and monkey on, on the stand. <laughs> if the lawyer didn't call on Pot and the, the monkey as a witness, then he was not doing his job. Yeah, how could you sue on behalf of somebody who isn't in court? And, 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 could, okay, wait a minute. It, it, all animals are equal. Okay. Well, yeah, well let, I mean, me, let, me, let me take a gazelle and stick it next to a fucking lion and let them have that conversation and see who's higher <laughs> on the food chain. Gazelle's like, right. no, don't eat me. We're all equal. This, and yeah. the lion would be like, oh, that's, that's good. Because I was walk about around to rip- and their hind legs said so. Yeah, I was about to rip your throat out and then eat you while you were still bleeding out. But since we're equal, shit. Want to come over for dinner? I mean, I, come on now. It's like that Family Guy skit where death dates the... The PETA member, and she's like, I just love animals because they don't kill each other. And he's like, animals kill each other all the time. She's like, no, they don't. War is a man-made invention. And he just touches her, and she dies, and he goes, check, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, doesn't this put every wildlife photographer in danger of losing probably thousands of dollars? I don't know. I mean, there are people who make their living off of photographing other animals. So there, where does it stop, though? Because if if animals who can't file a fucking court document and have to have humans do it on their behalf can sue because someone took their picture and put it in a well, magazine, what happens think- to news news people who take pictures of public events? The saving With, grace you know, here is I think that, that part of their case was that the monkey took the picture himself. That oh, it wasn't just a picture a of the monkey, it was a picture that the monkey took. So the man had no part in it and was profiting off of the monkey's The monkey's creativity. labor? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, but the, so if the monkey would have tweeted it out, then it becomes part of the public domain, which means he doesn't own it anymore. But since he didn't tweet it out himself, but he did take the picture himself, it's his private property. Right. I'm sure that's what if that it man uploaded? tells himself at night, if only that monkey had a Twitter account and wouldn't be in that's this what, position. That's what I'm saying. What if, it, what if the picture uploaded to the cloud automatically? 
where does you know the, does does that mean we're going to see this this monkey's nudes in the, in the next release from the fappening? I mean, it's, <laughs> well, monkey, not that uh, suing on behalf of animal of non sentient animals is. Uh, isn't uh, dangerous behavior in and of itself. I think the the more immediately dangerous behavior from PETA are their ads about milk and its supposed ties, as i.e. not any ties, to autism. And there's been no credible study and no scientific consensus on what causes autism at all, but certainly nothing that says that milk has anything to do with it. And yet... Because PETA has, you know, their their message being that all animals are are equal and that it is a, should be a crime to milk a cow, is willing to go ahead and get on board with this nonsense just because it helps further their narrative. So, on top of looking ridiculous, you've proven to your, yourselves to be a completely duplicit duplicitous organization that will say whatever it takes to get your end result. So you shouldn't be taken seriously. I miss the days when they were just throwing fake blood on on models. And and what's their proof? Is it just that they think it does? Or do they actually cite it? There was a study. There is a study, yes, that was done that found uh, that you know some link between chi- children consuming lots of milk and autism. But this, these are like all these studies that we hear about. Like this causes that sitting causes heart attacks. Like these are all conjectures based on behavioral studies. You know, none of this is like well when we broke down the milk and analyzed it, we found that it had a special protein in it that actually was able to break the blood-brain barrier and alter the synapses in the brain. It's nothing like that. It's We studied a bunch of people. This group who ended up with autism also happened to drink a lot of milk. So we think there might be something there. Now that is the start of scientific progress. That is the start of finding of eliminating your variables and narrowing down where your search should be. But it's not scientific evidence. It hasn't even approached theory yet. And that's what most of what gets reported on in the news. You drink too much coffee, you die early. You drink not enough coffee, you die early. Study's fine. This study finds. If you get a colonic with coffee, you die early. Good times, you know. I, I gotta I, see tinfoil hat time. Just just for shits and giggles, I really don't mean it, but it, it would just. I'm sure if I look hard enough on the internet, I'll find someone claiming this. Like a couple weeks ago, I heard that that milk was being tied to the white nationalist, and <laughs> that makes you a Nazi too. <laughs> yeah, because because they got they they were drinking milk out of the carton, and it, you know, so boom. Milk is yeah, evil. And, and, and now milk causes autism. Isn't it a chance these are all pita plants in the media just to get us to stop drinking milk? Right. Like Because they were like, milking cows is the same as raping them. And people were like, you're stupid. Shut the fuck up. And so they're like, what else can we do? Oh, let's tie it to, to Nazis and autism. 
Yeah, that's two subjects that the idiots fall for fucking hook, right. line, and sinker. Wait, what? Milk? What? what? Oh, you didn't know that you guys an article from Time that says that that studies at PETA sites are full of shit. Wait, what? Milk and white nationalists, why? Because it's white? Oh, right, yeah, they're probably eating mayonnaise out of the jar, too, but that's because they're morons. Yeah, um, it was, okay. So so what, is, is... does nature get all white nationalist on us from uh, was, December to fucking February? What? Like, <laughs> in the northern part, which is ironic because it was the south that had slaves. No, I'm being a smart ass. But no, what it was is uh, Shia LaBeouf, or as he's affectionately known, Shia LaBeouf, uh, he had that fucking you will not divide us performance art thing. Shia LaBeouf. But he had that performance art where, you know, video was being streamed on the internet in some place in New York. Right, and a people bunch were of trying fuck- to find it. And basically a bunch, of four, a, f- a bunch of 4chan fucks found it and, like, showed up and stripped their shirts off and started drinking milk out of, like, milk jugs in front of it and waving Pepe fucking flags and, you know, white power and all this shit. And so... The tip of the usual idiots who you know have rabbit ears for these this type of nonsense and don't get guys, that they're being made fun of, right? Fucking, we're like, we're like, oh my god, these are Nazis and they're drinking milk and milk is just like Pepe now. It's been totally, right. it's been, and it's like, no, they're actual they're trolls. See, this is why this we is why we, <laughs> we need to preserve the definition of this word because it describes a specific behavior. They're not. It's not people who are saying something that's hateful or something to necessarily incite an argument, it is purely taking on beliefs that you don't believe in order to rile other people. Yeah. That's what it is, and that's what these guys were doing. You know, The actual story of them finding where Shia LaBeouf was putting the, it put his, uh, his camera is actually kind of interesting. I mean, the the way that they were they were able to triangulate based on because he had it it got taken down and fucked with and so he moved it to undisclosed location. All you saw was blue sky, and they were able to kind of locate the the general area when a plane went by through the and they were able to say like, well, you know. It's got to be in one of these kind of areas where this, you know, where you have these flight paths and all that. And by traffic noise and other just subtle clues like that, they were able to find where the location was. They, it wasn't hacking like somebody, you know, traced an IP address and bounced it off a satellite and said, "Oh, I've triangulated to this location." It was actual detective work. Well, that now, was... Now, see, hopefully the, they can the apply first, those skills to something more productive than trolling only, Shia LaBeouf. If only they used their powers for good. That was the second one he put up, because the first one was just flat out in New York. And he got arrested for assaulting someone who showed up wearing... That's true, yeah. ...a Nazi like cover, like a, like a military cover. And... Then he moved it, and it was, yeah, that was the one that was pointed at, like, a flag or something. And, yeah, it's amazing 
But this is this is why you don't fuck with certain people online because they have no life and they're looking. They're just sitting there going, "I wish you would give me something to do, please." And I'm believe mad. me, I, I don't know at what. <laughs> I had a friend. He's now dead, so I'm comfortable talking about it. He was a uh, very robust gentleman to the tune of closer to 1,000 pounds than fucking 200 pounds, and he didn't get out much, and all he did was stir the shit pot from home, from his laptop, and then send me links and go, look at these idiots go absolutely ape shit. Yeah. That's all. That was that was his that and MMOs was his form of entertainment because it's not like he was going out jogging or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, it, I, so I the, firsthand experience with these people. Don't fuck with them. Leave them alone. In this Time article about PETA, they say that uh, PETA refers to two different studies. The most recent one published in two thousand two that followed 20 kids. The other one goes back to 96, or 95, I'm sorry, and followed 36 kids. That is nowhere near scientific consensus. And if those results proved that there was something, some link there to be studied, we would have followed it. We would have had more studies. There's a reason why you don't see any activity on this subject since 2002. It was a dead end. Well, I mean, has, haven't we? Don't we have a well-established pattern of facts don't really matter anymore? Especially to the to the people who are grasping at straws to support any type of extreme or far outside the the norm belief they have i mean uh, if if i believe peter would fucking if 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 one if one scientist somewhere said i i don't know something crazy like having normal intercourse killed animals peter would fucking send that out to their supporters and there would be just enough that would send money and and spread the fucking word so it would hit the main, mainstream media. I mean, my, my mother was a member of PETA. I remember all the bullshit she got, and I would just thumb through it and be like, do you believe this shit? And she's like, no, not really. I just think animals are cute. And I'm like, well, these people are nuts. Read this shit sometime. Seriously. In their defense almost, how could it be any other way? If your premise is going to be that there's nothing that different, you know, there's... It's it's an almost universally held belief of human rights in in the world when it comes to people, and PETA is extending that to all the other animals. So, I mean, if your cause is a group or a species or something, and day in day out it's being slaughtered by the millions and subjugated. How how could you not, if you are passionate about that issue, take it as a any means necessary situation? No, I'm not equating this to like you know trying to save uh, you know Jews from being thrown into incinerators or anything like that. But if that's what you start as a premise, if that's what you start with as a premise, then yeah, I mean it's a. 
Actually, this is uh, this is another reference to Penn Jillette because he talks about uh, people who are anti-abortion, and he's like, I disagree with them completely, but I completely understand why they do the things that they do, why they think that some of these extreme measures of waving signs of bloody fetuses at passersby are reasonable because they believe that there is a genocide happening, that these are people being slaughtered. And PETA believes the same thing. They believe that these are sentient animals that have rights and feelings the same as anybody else, something that no scientific study has ever been able to prove. But, you know, then again, the concept of human rights isn't scientifically provable. The concept that all people, all men are created equal and deserve the same treatment is has nothing to do with anything based in science. And my answer to those people is, have you ever seen the documentary Grizzly Man? If you uh, haven't... I'm familiar I mean, with the story, but I never watched the documentary. Well, it's, it, you know, the story for people who aren't don't know about it is, I believe it's uh, Warner Herzog. I believe that's his name. Mm-hmm. Does does documentaries. Right. Very, he talks like this with a thick German accent. You know, like, <laughs> right. so, I mean, you know, if, if you've seen one of his documentaries, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Well, anyways, there was this guy, and he was... I guess an advocate for grizzly bears, kind of the uh, Diane Fossey of grizzly bears, if you would. And he would go out in the wild and he'd go, Oh, here, here's my buddy grizzly bear. You know, and the grizzly bear is like 10, 15 yards from him. And he's like, Oh, isn't he beautiful? And all this and videotape and himself. And I believe his wife was in, involved also. It's been a while since I've seen the documentary. Long story short, <laughs> what you think would happen on a long enough timeline is exactly what the fuck happened. He's out with his wife. And I believe the camera, either the lens was destroyed, but the film was salvageable, so they had audio of it. Uh, basically, he was, you know, oh, look, such beautiful grizzly bear. And the grizzly bear was like, hmm, I haven't eaten today. And those two people look awfully fucking tasty. And ripped them apart and ate them alive. While they screamed and died a horrible death. Yeah. Yes. That's the end result what? of you going the out. The bear went all bear on him? Yeah. Get out of here. But, Call human resources. The grizzly bear did grizzly bear shit, you know? <laughs> right. Well, right. That's why, I mean, PETA can't have it both ways. If you want to say that we're as, you know, that man, that couple was equal to that bear and had the same rights, well, then how do you punish that bear? What are you going to do to that bear to make sure that he can't do that again? Well, no, I mean, that's not how it works. You know, that's just the bear's nature. The bear is just doing what the bear knows. Okay, well, then you can't have it both ways. If he doesn't know enough, if he doesn't have enough consciousness of life or understand the difference between people, you know, some... somebody uh, a being that he can coexist with versus one that should just be lunch well then he is not on our level he does not enjoy the same rights that we do you know i the, no, i'll say the animals don't give a fuck about us 
No, they, no, they certainly no, they certainly don't. But what I'm saying is that if you want to believe that they should have rights, then the same way that when somebody uh, a person violates somebody else's rights, there's punishment for that. Yeah, you know? Jeffrey Dahmer ate people just like a bear, and we threw his ass in prison. Right. What, so what, what, so what do we do? What do we do with we, the bear? If a dog I mean, sniffs another dog's ass and the recipient of the sniff didn't want it, does that other dog go on the sex offenders list now? How much beer did you pour into their bowls? That's a factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing is the hardcore PETA people that I've met, I mean like the really hardcore PETA people, not just the casual people who are like, yeah, I don't agree with wearing mink coats right. or, or whatever. Don't club seals. Yeah, you know, I still want to know what's who's going around like baby seal all cute and shit. I can't wait to beat the shit out of you. Like, seriously, it's Eskimos not like we're trying to say stay, stay warm. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's <laughs> there's seal serial killers out there doing it just for the fuck of right. it. Not but like anyways, he Trump's apartment and he's got a couple stuffed baby seals that he personally clubbed on an expedition. Yeah, even Bored teenagers in Alaska are like, hey, what are we doing Friday night? Clubbing we're going, we're right. going so seal clubbing. Tipping. Yeah. But no, it, I, you know, the, the really hardcore PETA people I've met, they're all very anti, you know, Christian, organized religion, but yet they reject evolution as well. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you? What? Where do you people stand on anything besides animals? Animals. That's your answer for everything? Animals. Right. Okay. I, all right. I mean, seems to me, pick up a video game. Buy a flashlight. Stick right. something up your ass. There's plenty of ways to kill time more constructively than worrying about shit that would eat you if it wasn't behind a fucking bunch of bars and you weren't on the other side of those bars. But right. that's just me. <laughs> But their very notion of equality is flawed when you would ask most most PETA members would say that they like animals more than humans. Go live with them. Let me know so, how it turns out. <laughs> oh, wait. You'll be dead. You live with the wrong animals. You know, that the, there's something evil about man, and animals are inherently good. They're like children. They're just born good. Oh, <laughs> I I wish one of them fuckers would try to compare animals to children. I'd be like, no, they're both pretty much amoral, evil little shits who just do yeah. what they want and or sh throw temper tantrums and, and and take and do what they want. Kids kids learn to get what they want by crying until someone does something to fucking pacify them. Animals learn to get what they want by taking it. It's not much different. The difference is we can teach, we can reason with children and raise them up. Go go. Take your ass to, to, to some place in fucking Africa and try to look at a lion and go, now you really shouldn't eat these zebras. That's not right. And try to reason with it. Please, and bring a video camera, please, because I want to see yeah. this Cheers. shit. Come it's with a knapsack full of peanut butter, white part. Peanut butter and zebra. jelly sandwiches. I mean, look, man. Yeah, I, I, of course they taste like chocolate, but you can't eat these zebras. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I get all the arguments about, from a scientific standpoint, that, yeah, we're eventually we're going to have to rethink our way of the food we eat 
et cetera, et cetera. I understand that. I'm not one of these people that are like, oh man, when they when they're able to like clone animals and and meat in labs, I won't eat it. Fuck that. I it once there's a be the consensus, best meat. It's gonna be all muscle. Once it's fucking con- delicious. Yeah, once there's a consensus that it's safe and that it's rel- and it's become affordable. Fry me up a fucking big ass or not fry me, broil me up a big ass steak of that shit. I don't give a fuck. I understand. I understand that, but to sit here and act like that somehow they, on some spiritual level, they're more pure than us. It's like get the fuck out of here, man. Seriously, this is uh, who did Daddy spank you and Mommy ignore you and your first boyfriend dump you? I mean, uh, why do you hate people so much? I hate people, but. I, I still don't look at animals and go, oh, they're better than people. No. They, they got it all figured out. If <laughs> I dropped dead, if with, I dropped, if I had taken a selfie with another coming around lobbing a turd at you, just tell you something. If I had a dog to go with my cat and I dropped dead the minute this podcast is done and laid here on the floor, my cat could have food in his bowl but would come over and start eating my ass and the dog would wait till it's starving to do it. So uh, you're going to tell me that 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 these are pure souls that know right from wrong, and you know go oh I can't eat the the human who used to take care of me because society says it's wrong. No, get the fuck out of here. Right now is when Homer ate Pinchy. Like how he's like crying but saying it's so delicious. Like that that, that would be your cat. <laughs> oh, I miss him so much. Oh, this part this is so meaty. I can see my kid. It's only because I love you, homie. I get part of you is with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I well, mean, we, we've ragged on Peter for quite a bit now. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of that I want to get to that happened this week because um, Bernie Sanders brought forth his uh, single payer health care plan and had support from quite a few Democrats, no Republicans. And But what was interesting about it, because we know this isn't going to pass, right? No, of course there's, not. There there's, doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. But the people who supported it, uh, amongst them were all the uh, all the possible uh, n- next Democratic presidential candidates. So it's Interesting to think that while Bernie Sanders is not going to get this passed, that might be considered a platform issue for a 2020 race. And you know, I've I've made my thoughts known about single payer. I, I it's not an ideal situation, but given how destroyed our current situation is, I don't see another way. Did you hear the art? Did you hear the report on NPR this week about their study into cancer drugs and why the companies who develop them claim they cost so much? You know, I caught the, the tail end. Yeah, I caught the tail end of that, and there was a. Yeah, they broke down a lot of numbers of actual development, cost of development, and distribution, and all that. And versus what the companies are actually reporting 
that they're putting into R&D and really what they're doing was, I think if I got the gist of this, is they're hiding their advertising budget in there. That's where well, the, the the difference and the huge difference in the numbers it comes there, from. There's that. There's the, the fact that they have uh, representatives going to doctors. Yeah, the, oh, that's, I'm including money. that. The oh, advertising okay. is yeah. Uh, yeah, giving out the samples, taking out uh, do, taking doctors out to dinner, manufacturing millions of pens, and making sure everybody's got one, lining the pockets of politicians. You know, now, the, the interesting part to me was that they admitted that the actual cost of research and development is in the hundreds of millions. Well, that's a lot of money. But they're yeah. also claiming, they're claiming that it's going to cost billions to get these drugs on the market. And all I could think back is to a quote, from Chris Rock, which is, there ain't no such thing as a fucking drug dealer. Or, excuse me, drug pusher. There's no yeah, pusher, fucking, right, yeah. There's no fucking crack dealer sitting in a house full of crack going, how am I going to get rid of all this crack? If your product is wanted or there's a need for it, people will find you. You just have to, you don't have to fucking run advertisements during must-see TV or whatever the fuck is the equivalent of it these days on, on, on broadcast television, you know, so people go, oh, I should ask my doctor about that. In fact, most of the time, one of the things that it was interesting in that report was most of the time, people, the drugs people hear about advertised, doctors don't end up prescribing and when they when they bring it up, doctors go, oh, well, this hasn't been on the market as, as long. The side effects aren't as well known, blah, 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 blah. I don't feel comfortable prescribing it. Oh, so in other words, where's all that research and development? How is there? How are they releasing a drug on the market to where doctors aren't comfortable prescribing it because they don't know all of the long-term side effects? Seems to me that it, there needs to be a little bit more research. But at the same time, they're clocking billions of dollars by their own by their own paperwork in profit on what they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on. Yeah. But yet they claim to be doing it for the betterment of mankind. And it's like, no, you can't really have it both ways, bud. You can you can be a you can be a rich person by helping mankind. But when you are spending, let's just say. $500 million to get a drug researched on right. the market and you're clocking $4 billion in profit. That's a ridiculous return on your investment. That's a return on investment that I don't think there's many other industries that you can get that type of return on investment. Uh, but, yeah, that's a crazy, insane margin. Doesn't, it, it's right, so big it doesn't think, seem ethical. Well, how many, look, research, development, manufacturing, these are all parts of all industries. You know, this isn't something that's unique to the pharmaceutical industry. And when they oh, finally, when, when a company finally does develop that product and has it ready for market, they have fierce competition and immediate copycats where pharmaceutical companies are operating in a market that is locked down for a minimum of five years 
for five years, that drug, they are able to recoup their costs on that. And, you know, and they find ways to tweak it, too, of course, because all they have to do is, is change the, the composition just a hair, and boom, there's another five years that they can get on that. So they, they managed to drag this out for longer. This has been going on for a while when, it, when all, the, uh, all the manufacturers of over-the-counter asthma medications had to be taken off the shelves when they had to take the CFCs out of, uh, out of the medication. And they're still not back on the shelves. It's been well over a decade later, and the manufacturers of asthma inhalers in the U.S. have continued to, you know, taking the, the CFCs out of their product got them another five year on their exclusive patent. So nobody could sell a generic of that, that inhaler. And when that five years was up, they just tweak it a little bit more. We'll add a little bit more of this. And there they go. And the the result is <laughs> a lot more hospital visits, a lot more expensive for people who actually pay for them, which isn't always the people who go to the hospital. A lot of times it's the taxpayers that are swallowing that cost. A lot of hospital visits because people just don't have a simple rescue inhaler or you know, an EpiPen is another perfect example of a preventative medication. And you're talking like they didn't have to <laughs> pour hundreds of millions of dollars into research and development to figure out how to take the CFCs out of their... No, they just figured out a different method for propulsion for their inhaler. I, I, I just feel at this point the reality of the situation. All... It, First of all, we just have to start with this. Life isn't fair. Everybody just has to accept that. Sure. And then we we can move forward. Moving forward from that, we're at a point in our existence where it is, if you have the money to buy these drugs that you need to survive, then you will get them. And if you don't, Oh well. Well, that's always. It, but it's only recently that we've shifted away from that as the norm, and this idea that it should be available medications and healthcare and all this is a lot more people are are coming over to the idea that it is a basic human right, and that's well. What, what pretty, I was going to add that's fairly damn new. Not just for this country, but for the world in general. Oh, no, definitely. But what I was going to add to that is I also feel that there's a lot of fake empathy, compassion, and outrage from people who are going, oh, I feel so bad for people that can't afford that. But, I mean, I can afford it. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm good. But, I mean, that's horrible. They can't. That's just too bad. No, you don't really care. I'm not going to put that percentage at over at very high. I'm sorry. I just uh, human nature. I don't have that much faith in humanity. The, the the older I get, the more I see more and more proof on a day-to-day basis that people are very comfortable living 
with the I have mine, fuck you attitude. Especially when you go, you have yours, plus you have a bunch more. Why don't we help our fellow human human beings? (laughs) No, that's what charity's for. That's why I give to charity. You're not going to take my money to help them. I, mm-mm. And I, it goes back to what we talked about. We're comfortable with our tax dollars going to bombing other countries. Right. But we're not comfortable with our tax dollars going to helping our own people. So let's just stop. Let's stop the bullshit and, 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 and admit as a group of, as a species, we like to play our war games. We like to kill people. And we like to do that more than help our, our fucking neighbor across the hall. And let's just stop being hypocrites about it. Let's just embrace the fact that we're pretty much selfish creatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, literally people are talking about, oh, I'm not going to pay more taxes so so-and-so can have health care. But yet they're going to bitch when they have to pay a private fucking health insurance company $1,200 a month. And they have a three thousand dollar deductible. Yeah, that's, that's and they what got really, garbage health care. That's what really gets me on this is that we can't even get past the idea of how much this will cost. That every time that any kind of change in health care is talked about, it's going to cost this much. In unless it's <laughs> unless it's something like the uh, the recent Republicans' plan to repeal and replace most changes to proposed changes to health care in this country are at a savings i mean its goals are to have the people who are insured pay less money and have less situations where taxpayers are ending up footing the bill either directly through their taxes or through increased premiums because the insurers have to amortize somewhere these people who are in situations where they don't have health care and when shit goes down, they go to the hospital and they can't afford to pay that bill. When you actually do the math on all of this shit, single payer just makes sense as an investment. Well, and it's and even I, though it like if it if it didn't I think I could stand with my original libertarian view of that's not really the government's job. But if the government can save me money, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm all the, for that. A lot of the opposition to it is based on just flat-out falsehoods. I mean, one of the things right. I, I constantly hear from, from, from people panels. who are against it is, well... You know, we shouldn't have to depend on our job or the government for health care. And it's like your job. Why shouldn't if why shouldn't you get health care from your job if they're willing to offer it? Well, because if, if they're spending, if you're making $50,000 a year on average, you're spending $13,000 for your health care. Wouldn't you rather that go into your into your pocket? Are you fucking this stupid? No. Do you think a company is going to give me a $13,000 a year raise if they cut my health care? Fuck no. That's going right in the pockets of the fucking shareholders. Also, Get the fuck out my face with this shit. Right. So you take that $1,300 and then you'd spend 2500 on insurance because you don't have a group to buy with like your employer does. 
You'll sp- probably spend almost twice as much money on the private market insuring your my, family. This is my problem with the purely, the, the I guess, cl- classical libertarian view of healthcare about competition and lower prices and shit. Yeah, and you're also against regulation, which means when a company finally swallows up the rest of the company and becomes a monopoly and owns everything, then they're dictating the market price, not the fucking market itself. But we don't, we don't, we, no, 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 that, that'll never happen. Never. That'll never happen. Okay. So that's never happened in the history of this, of this country. That's never happened anywhere else in the history, recorded history of the world, huh? Yeah. Because I, I got a feeling that history is calling you a bullshitter. Just like I got a feeling that the shareholders of that company are going, oh, you think you're going to get a $13,000 a year raise because we cut your fucking benefits? Shit. Hey, here, pass what you're smoking because it's some good shit, obviously. Pass that pipe. I mean, these are the arguments I hear, and I'm like, okay, so they're all fallacies, and they're all, well, if, well, if, well, you know what? There's too many ifs in that fucking sentence for me. Give me something real. And, well, it's going to cost us money. Of course it's going to cost us money. And just like I was saying. You want to do shit, it's going to cost money. I mean, like I was saying, that was an argument again. It's going to the moon. You know, like I was, like, a, but ultimately they, hey, Sputnik's yeah, up there floating around <laughs> above us, and the Russians put it up there. We don't know what it's capable of doing. It was a hunk of fucking metal floating around in space. That's all they did with it. It didn't do anything else. But they scared the shit out of us, and they turned it into a military fucking, uh, basically a, an arms race to the moon is what that shit was. And once we got there and Russia was like, okay, fuck it, you won, what did we do? We went back a few times and said, okay, fuck it. It's basically just the moon. That's it. Nothing of value up here. If there was oil on the moon, there was oil on the moon, we'd have fucking freed the fuck out of the moon by now. Right. It, it always tickles me, though, that when Republicans lean into this fear of government, you know, it's not a new concept. It's in my uh, personal memory, it goes back to Ronald Reagan saying is one of his more famous quotes. One of his most famous quotes was uh, the, the scariest words you could ever hear. Are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And I, I don't I'm. I don't understand how engendering a mistrust of your government means more trust for you as a politician, uh, unless you're just trying to still push this weak narrative of changing the system from the inside. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders said today that she, I can't think of anything more terrifying than my government being involved in, in my health care. Like, really, you can't think of anything more terrifying. I mean, because you're talking about, well, first of all, let's start with every senator, every representative, every veteran. Hey, I mean, what if a fucking demon rose out of the floor right now and started eating every, everybody in this room? I bet you'd be fucking on, terrified of that. Everyone on Medicare and Medicaid? I mean, <clears throat> I understand it's a hyperbolic statement. But you are talking, you're talking shit about the VA and about, you know, 
I don't hear any complaints from senators about their own personal health care. It seems to be working out quite well for them. Mm-hmm. Look how long these politicians live compared to your average fucking private citizen. I mean, let's be honest. Fucking Daddy Bush should have been dead. Clinton looks like he needs to crawl in a box because salt and sugar looks like he'd kick his ass. I don't know how Jimmy Carter's running around still. I mean, you're telling me that that's all just clean, healthy living on their part? Get the fuck out of here. I bet you fucking Clinton's dick looks like a fucking rolled up speed bump, man. It's got so much shit on there. Well, at this point, stuck Joe, in, his A's are probably kicking in. Well, <laughs> I mean, Carter, I might give you. If he's if he's as godly of a man as he is, he claims to be, he's probably lived the, probably the cleanest life out of the three I mentioned. But Daddy Bush is from the old school, you know, three three fucking highballs with lunch, a couple drinks when you get back to the office, you know, smoking cigarettes, smoking cigars, et cetera, et cetera. Come on, man. Their health care is top notch. And yes, it's amazing. They never cut their own health care. And like yeah. I said, I, the debate I got into earlier online today, the you know, one of the articles the guy threw at me okay, when I said, okay, well, let's tax churches. Okay, so he threw this article out. And I told you guys the number, and we all pretty much were like, yeah, that seems awfully low, but okay. They say if we taxed all the churches and, and every religion in this country, then we'd have $71 billion a year. That's all we would get in taxes from them. Okay, $71 billion a year. Where else could we fucking generate tax money or make cuts? I mean, that's a starting point. Why is that? Because it goes, oh, that doesn't cover the trillions. Well, hey, we run at a uh, deficit anyways. What, here's a question. You guys know a lot more about sports than I do. Any idea what the NFL brings in in tax revenue per year? Well, they were tax exempt until, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, well, yeah, maybe were, pick a different sort of like sport. A church. Well, I mean, even. But yeah, they are the biggest sport in the U.S., so you are right to pick them. I'm going to say, since your average, I mean, your your average franchise has to be worth close to a billion dollars. That I mean, altogether, merchandising, licensing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it has to be a couple. It has to be a couple billion at the very minimum. At the very minimum. And that's with all the tax loops and holes in the tax code that they can exploit on a year-to-year basis. Right, and how much of these players' salaries goes offshore? Well, honestly, the players' salaries work in a very fucking weird way because the players only get paid 16 checks a year, and that's the 16 weeks they play the game. Right. No, I'm just saying what they do with their money after that. You know, they're, they've got some money man that knows how to shuffle their shit around. <laughs> if, if the documentaries I've watched about how many players go broke, most of their money goes to strip clubs, jewelry, clothes, and cars. So they put it back and they put it right back into circulation. <laughs> they, it don't get to, most players, it don't get time to burn a hole in their pocket. I mean, I'm not even joking. But I've no, been watching too much ballers. But I, you know, you 
Okay, so you start with okay, tax and churches. Right. Let, let's just say seventy-one billion. I think that's awfully low. I think if you just on property taxes alone, the Catholic Church, where they have churches all over this country, we can get seventy-one billion because property yeah. taxes aren't static across the fucking country. It depends on the area it's in. So for the Catholic Church in the rich neighborhood. Their property tax is a lot more than the Catholic Church sitting in the corner on, of some rundown neighborhood in Baltimore or Detroit. I'm Big surprised. Difference. You know, it, it seems like bullshit just because it's so precise of a number. You know, how do you arrive at 71 billion? I think you you, you say 71 because you believe it's in the neighborhood. And that makes it sound like you really know what you're talking about. I'm calling bullshit on that number just because how the fuck do you even reasonably calculate that? Okay, so there's your there's your start. Now, to generate more revenue, how about legalize marijuana and tax it, just like we do alcohol and tobacco? Yeah. And I honestly think within a generation or two, it would outsell alcohol and tobacco. Well, in five years in Colorado, they've already made the state a half a billion dollars. This billion with a B. You know, it's interesting. If Trump's kind of a sketched outline of a tax plan comes anywhere near to fruition, which it probably won't, his idea of a more flat tax would actually generate more than enough money to pay for universal health care. Well, that's the and other thing, thing is that you, the numbers that he... The numbers that have been thrown out because it varies between one one point three eight trillion per year mm-hmm. to six point five trillion, and one one article that was thrown at me in this debate said that we spend right now six point five trillion dollars a year for Medicare and Medicaid. But yet, if we went to universal health care, it would cost us $5.3 trillion a year, and somehow right. that was a negative. Yeah. Huh? Is yeah, this I that new math? Is this that common core math? Because it don't make any fucking sense to me. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, well, it, in, in Trump's tax plan, he wants to... It, so the current corporate rate is, what, somewhere in the 30s? And he wants to make it a flat 15 and I'm like, yeah, I'm all for that because what actual corporations pay in taxes after they, you know, pay off their their uh, bookkeepers to to make sure they pay as little tax as possible, take care of, take advantage of every benefit, every loophole that they can. Average corporate tax rate is twelve and a half percent. So that means that because with this plan, he's he's saying basically get rid of all these loopholes. And just do flat fifteen. That's great. That's trillions of more dollars. I, and that's not even addressing the fact that we already have the money. You know, this is like saying if this was break this down to a micro level of just a family, right? And mom's saying, "Hey, we need some." better health care. We're paying out all this money in health care, plus we're paying deductibles every time we have a visit and all this shit. I looked at the numbers and we could go with this plan where we pay a little bit more, but then we have a lower deductible and over the course of a year we will actually pay less. 
And what's the dad saying? Well, no, I've, I can't pay a little bit more now because I've got to take that $100 to the liquor store and spend it all on beer. Like we're already, we already have the money and we're just misspending it, you know, or more apt. I've got to go to the gun store and drop $300 on another automatic weapon, even though I have more than I could ever possibly use in my life. Well, also, they fail to realize certain things because they want these numbers to be static, to be the same, no matter what what happens after universal health care would be implemented. Because they're not thinking that, oh, in 10, 20 years after having universal health care, where people don't have to worry about fucking I won't go to the doctor until the bone's sticking out or, you know, it's starting to fall off. You know, we can catch shit earlier. Right. Treat it, it. Possibly get rid of the issue before it becomes something that they're going to have to live with the rest of their life, which is going to audit all around lower the cost right. of universal health care. But that's made as an argument against it. Believe it or not, people are like saying that, well, this is going to, it's going to end up costing more because then everybody's just going to be going to the doctor all the time. No, people are going to go to the doctor when they're worried about something because they have health care. They're going to do something about it. They're not going to end up in the hospital. They're not going to end up with a bill that they can't pay. They're not going to leave you holding the bill. And it's going to cost everyone less money in the long term. I think it really does, and it's not pretty. It's ugly, and it really, it really does, it really does shine a light on the ugliness of the ugly side of human nature. I really do, honestly, think it comes down to people going, "Yeah, if you if you stick a fucking pollster in front of me, I'll say I care about people." Blah blah blah. Now you ask me to stick my money where my mouth is. Well, you know what? I don't really care that much. I've got health care. That's all I'm worried about. Right. Me and mine are taken care of. If we were creating the story of the three little pigs today in America, the first two little pigs would have been eaten because they didn't prepare properly. The third pig wouldn't have sheltered those two losers for building their houses out of straw and shit. Why should he? And they both fought hard. He he worked he worked damn hard to afford the bricks to build that house. Why should he take other people in because they didn't prepare as well? That's your that's your general attitude in the u.s not saying that there aren't people like that that wolf in other, their house down in other places in the world certainly but they're not the majority and I mean, that's the, the attitude that gets lumped in with libertarianism that i can't stand that's why i can't call myself a full-fledged libertarian because there's too many assholes out there that have that fuck everyone else i've got mine mentality and i'm like that's not libertarianism. Libertarianism, to me, is just about having as much freedom as you can and having the government not have, having the government not have a hand in your daily life if you can avoid it. But I mean, I agree. I, I, have I, to I say don't this. know where how it became this this ultra and Randian idea of. Either either you pull yourself up by your bootstraps or you don't deserve shit in this world. And that's that's not the society that we're living in. That's not how any society thrives. 
and I I know that I've been probably the most I've been I've been probably the biggest supporter of universal coverage on this podcast. But honestly, I'm not enthralled with the idea. I just look at the situation and go. Not either. I actually get the situation and go. I'm willing to listen to better ideas, but all the ideas I hear are based on fallacies, fear, and greed. I don't hear anything that's going. We need to take care of people because the better the better health of the general population, the more they go to work. Right. The more money they make, the more money they put back into the economy, the more it keeps this fucking machine rolling. Yeah, you yeah. can have a fucking a, a, a poorly oiled machine run and just do the bare minimum maintenance. But if you want a well-oiled machine and a machine to run at top and peak efficiency, you have to do maintenance on it. And if you just look at people just as cogs on the machine... And it's just, and even if you look at, even if you look at it as cynically as it's just one big pyramid scheme, and we kick money up to the top. Well, eventually, if there's no one able to fucking work, and people getting sick, and they can't afford to t- t- to take care of themselves, there's going to be less money to kick up to the top. And how short sighted are the people at the top to go? Eh, well, whatever. We'll deal with that when we get when we get there. But then again, we are talking about people who realize that you know. That run corporations like you know, and I'm not shitting on them, but it's just the truth. All pretty much all automobile corporations up to what the last fifteen twenty years that acted like there's just an endless supply of oil in this fucking world, which is we won't have to worry about it. Hey, we had the oil crisis in the late seventies. That sucked. You know what we're going to do in the early nineties? Build SUVs. What? That's the exact opposite that you should have done. We had we had the scare. We had our wake-up call, our warning. Why the fuck didn't we do anything then? No, but we, we didn't even stay. We didn't even stay the course with what we were doing. We went and built less efficient vehicles and put them on the road, and told every Joe Blow who lives in fucking Livonia that he needs to drive a fucking dually fucking diesel pickup truck for what? What are you hauling? Your fat ass wife around? What? What the? Seriously? Uh, yeah. 550 horsepower, built Ford Tough. What the fuck do you need 550 horsepower unless you're in construction or something along those lines? It's like nice truck. Sorry about your dick. Seriously, I, I, we're so short-sighted. This is just what we do. And it's like I, I'm to the point where I'm like, fuck it. If this is what we do, this is what we do. Fuck it. We just don't care. Okay, let's just admit it. Let's just say fuck it. We don't care. And just... Just embrace being the modern day Roman Empire and go down in a blaze of glory. I mean, yeah. might as well. I mean, no, hey, I, if that's the case, our generation can have some fun before we check out. Yeah, I mean, ninety percent of the trucks that I see on the road are fucking commuter trucks. I don't see them hauling shit except for one guy. You know, the only reason I owned a pickup truck was because I was in a band, and every other fucking loser I was in that band with either didn't drive didn't have a license, or owned some fucking 2000s version of a Pinto. And they were a drummer. And they got double bass and fucking 15 cymbal stands, and they're like, it won't fit in my car. Let me drive my truck over there and load up your shit. golf. Dip shit. <clears throat> I mean, that's, honestly, I, 
we had two vehicles. Me and my wife had two vehicles. She owned a fucking, she owned a neon. I owned a pickup truck. Unless we were going someplace where we needed the pickup truck, we didn't take the pickup truck. Why? Because every time I put my foot on the gas, I heard a cheering sound come from the Middle East. I, you know, that fucker had a four barrel car carb in it for fuck's sake. I mean, it was so, a three fifty. So I mean, that thing was drinking gas. And well, but that's what I'm saying. I here I am. I'm poor. I'm a I'm a working musician, and I'm more conscious of shit because I have to be. Because at the end of the the month, I'm looking at the bank account, going, "We ain't got shit because we drive this truck all over the place." This don't make sense financially. And even when we had the money, why would we piss it away to filling up that, that fucking beast? $15, the neon's ready to go, and we take that bitch for 450 miles. We look like a couple fags in it, but we... Fags that got good gas mileage. I'll take you, that every day. Fags, save money on gas? Spend money on more snacks driving that 450 miles. Well, well to wrap up on healthcare, though... Do you think that there's a, a chance of this actually going somewhere? That this would be, well, I guess the two questions would be, is this possible that this would be an actual platform issue for the Democrats in 2020? And if it is, do you think it would ever have any chance of passing in this country because it would mean standing up to the insurance companies and basically saying that you're going to, you're going to have to just go away? And there's no way around that. You have single-payer health care. You have a whole industry in this nation just disappear. Well, you have a large chunk of insurance company disappear. I mean, there's still going to be insurance on cars, floods, natural disasters, life insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 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 yeah, I, was, uh, yeah. I, I didn't mean insurance in general, health insurance. I mean, but that is, that is probably the lion's share of where they make their money, to be honest with you. Because even car insurance is pretty much optional in the state of Michigan at this point. I mean, what it's estimated, 40% of us in the state drive around with no insurance. So, so much for that being mandatory. But I do, I think it's, I don't think anyone can run on it and win. I don't yeah, think yeah. it'll, I don't, I, I don't, maybe in my later years, if I, you know, knock on wood, live to the average that an American male lives to. I might see it before I die. Maybe the millennials will, will, when they you know wrestle power away from the remnants of, of uh, the baby boomers and, and the Gen Xers, that they'll do something. But I'm just like I said, the older I get, the more and more faith I lose, man. I just don't. Yeah. Think, yeah. I don't think people care enough because it, it it's not happening to them. And I, here's here's the, 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 the number that always fucks with my head. There are more people insured in this country than not. So, of course, those people are like, wait a minute, I already have insurance. As long as the people who have insurance outnumber the people who don't, it's going to be hard to get those people to give a fuck until their insurance is either taken away from them by their employer, made almost obsolete by their employer to the point where they have to supplement it with private insurance and then they, they start paying $1,200 a month or right, right. they're not they're getting private insurance already but the premiums keep going up and now it's $2,500 a month and they're honestly making choices between 
you know, uh, do we buy off-brand groceries or do we have insurance? Can't live without insurance because I got a wife and two kids. And, so, and yet, it has to be said too that there's a good part of this population of this country that, while healthcare might be an an issue for them, when it comes to how they vote, it's not going to overcome the base issues that prey on people's fears of others in general or losing their job or whatnot. You know, even if they thought like, well, yeah, I'd like, you know, single pair, I'd, I'd give it a shot. But if the other candidate is saying, we need to build a wall to keep Mexicans from taking your job, you're like, well, that's clearly where my vote's going. Because it it doesn't change the way that people continually vote against their own interests in this country. Any, anyone's particular stance on, on uh, health care. I mean, I can see it. I think it will be an issue that's tried in 2020 by what, whoever we have for a Democratic candidate. But I don't see them accomplishing it. I, I don't see it being an issue. It, it, it'll, how do I put this? It'll be an issue that's on their website an issue that they're asked about and they'll probably they'll probably say the the, the standard pat answer of well we uh, we obviously need to take a good long look at health care and we need to you know revise some things we need to reel in the cost of prescription drugs blah 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 and then they're going to move on to the sexy issues which in other words is just going to be lip service yeah I, w- I honestly i was shocked obama stuck to his fucking guns as much as he did about obamacare i, I really am that I did not think that was going to happen. I thought that was going to fall by the wayside. But he was like, nope. This is the, this is the issue, for better or for worse, that is going to define my presidency. And he stuck to it. Man, you did a legacy. You know. Well, so you I mean, know, th- there is a... There's a side to Obama, too, that it wasn't just about legacy. You know, I think when... He put in place the uh, the DACA protections. He understood that he was doing something temporary, and I think it was kind of the same attitude on health care. He, he tackled a lot of problems as a realist with the hope that once people lived with this, once people got used to the concept and warmed up to the concept of accepting immigrants regardless of how they came here or uh, thinking of health care as a basic human right that they would that the people would then fight to keep those rights or those protections or vote to have them you know actually solidified into the law and I don't know that uh, that his theories are necessarily playing out, though. <laughs> you know, I think people are are just as happy to to go back to the way things were, regardless of whether it was to anyone's benefit or not. Well, the DACA thing is interesting because it is only the smallest of blips on my like in in, in on the radar in my memory of when. Obama was in office. 
I think it's right. turned into a much bigger issue with Trump in office. And I remember there being stink about it, but it didn't get a lot of traction in the mainstream press. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't shoved to the forefront of the media to where, at best, the media said, have an opinion about this. Why? Because we're, we're going to shove it in your face. And at worst, you're told what opinion to have about it. It was more like, okay, this passed. And the people who were passionate about it on both sides had their say. And then it just it just left the public consciousness. You know, now it's like everybody has this, well, not everybody, but so many people have all of a sudden a very strong opinion about something they didn't give a shit about when it happened under the Obama administration. And to me, that's just like, it's like, it's, it's another example of what... I saw what, this What's week, so important about it now that wasn't important about it then? People, people that had to be in their late 60s, maybe early, early 60s, 60s, in an affluent suburb around here, standing on the side of the road, holding up DACA signs. I was just like, Do- wow. DACA signs, like what? Pro, anti? Uh, pro DACA. Dude, it's Portland. Pro DACA. <laughs> All right. This part of the country where half of the hippies moved to retire. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I see what you're saying, Rich. It's, you, you, you can give a fuck five years ago, or what was it, 2011, so six years ago? I just, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being, what do you call it, just heartless about it. I'm not having enough em- empathy about the situation, but... I compare it to the statue shit. Those statues were there when Obama was there. Where was all this outrage that we needed to tear them down and, and go kick them and 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 all this shit? The the the, the fear mongering about you know all oh, the white supremacists they were there when Obama was there. Where was all the fear mongering about that then? I mean, it, it, maybe their numbers have grown by a, a point of a percentage under Trump. But, I mean, honestly, I think your average racist person looks at him and goes, fucking idiots, just as much as they look at Antifa and go, fucking idiots. I don't think, I don't think your average racist person is going to go fucking join any march. So, I mean, it's, it, these are issues It's like, okay, why all of a sudden is there a big stink about them? Is it because we're being told that we need to make a big stink about it? Yeah. Which goes back to what Chris always says. We've all said it at some point, but Chris has said it more than anybody, I believe, on this podcast. Okay, we're paying attention to your right hand. Show me what your left hand's doing. Why is it behind your back? Well, but there is a different situation here. And that's our government's response to these demonstrations. And it's still ongoing. I mean, Republicans and Democrats universally passed a decree saying that all these white supremacist groups are are considered hate groups. And the White House is waffling on whether President Trump will actually sign that or not. But once again, we can't get Congress to agree on anything. I mean, right down to whether grass is green or not. Well, but yet we we can we now get them to say okay, uh, President uh, Trump, you got to say that that hate groups and white supremacists and neo Nazis are bad. Okay, my question is, 
if you really think he's a is he's he's a neo-nazi himself him saying that do you believe him no of course not if you don't think he's a fucking neo-nazi then you just go oh he's being forced to say this he doesn't mean it either way it's bullshit well right it's too late we we got the proper response the first time there's, I think we got closer to the true response. I don't know about proper, but yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I get yeah, what you're okay. saying. Pro- proper is not the the correct the correct term there. You're right. I mean, the political the the, the politic response would have been for him to come out, read a prepared statement, condemned white nationalism, neo Nazis, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and condemn violence. Period. Without adding, you know, on both sides, just. Violence is not, you know, the, what Bernie well, Sanders said. Well, Bernie Sanders said after that, that guy shot up the Republican in the softball game. Violence is not the American way. As much bullshit as we all agreed that was, looking at our history, that's the, that's the politic thing to say in that situation. Right. That's the pat answer. But that wasn't even the... the, the saying that there was violence on both sides is factually true. Saying that there were good people on both sides, I think, is highly debatable. But oh, definitely. You know, and as we, much as and we've as talked much as about I should, that at length, I mean, and I, I just real quick to say this because I, I I do get some feedback. People are like, "Man, you're really hard on Antifa." As much as I shit on Antifa, I honestly believe there's a lot of misguided. Well-intentioned, I don't know a lot. There's more of of well-intentioned but misguided people on the Antifa side of things than there are on the white nationalist neo-Nazi side of things. You're you're a a racist. I don't know how the fuck I can. I can't. I don't know how anyone could rationalize it as oh they're just misguided. Well, how the fuck is that misguided? I mean, they believe that genetically one race is superior to another when we've proven that to be false scientifically. I, how are they misguided? They're being willfully obtuse here. And that's being polite about it. You know, Antifa, I believe there's people that go, hey, you know what? Yeah, fuck the fascists. Let me get in here. What they don't realize is that that's, not, that, that's the very ice, tip of the iceberg of Antifa. When you get deeper, right. it gets uglier and uglier as you go down and dig through the lock, rock layers. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. That's about as much as an endorsement as Antifa is ever going to get from me. <laughs> 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 Well-intentioned idiots. <laughs> so, should, you said something that I did not know. What's that? Aaron, before the before, when we were talking about the itinerary for the show here. Uh, North Korea f- fired more missiles over Japan? There was another missile that went over Japan and landed in the sea on the other side of them. So that's the second one now in the last, what, two, three weeks? Yeah, I believe that, well, yeah, the second one that's gone over Japan. Yeah, that's what the, I meant, yeah. The, yeah, the, the first time around, they were Japan was like, well, this is... Whatever this is, whether this is just showing off or not, I I think that the idea is that even if North Korea isn't willing to actually pull some kind of move 
that they don't exactly have the most reliable track record when it comes to this shit, and one of their warning shots could end up landing somewhere where there's a lot of people. That's what I was about to say. Like, oops, we're sorry, Japan. That wasn't supposed to turn out that way, big guy. Walk it off. Our bad. (laughs) Oops, sorry about that, Hiroshima. Again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Which is not... It's not good news either way you look at it. I mean, if that is the attitude, then they're a problem that has to be dealt with one way or another. That this can't sustain a multi-decade Cold War like we had with Russia. I mean, whatever you believe about Russia, at least they were capable. North Korea... These guys are messing with shit that they barely understand. They are not on the cutting edge. You know, when it comes North- to technology, they're the guys in those old videos that you see crashing these weird, weirdly designed planes that just barely get off the ground. North Korea is like your grandma trying to use Facebook 10 years ago. Right. So it... it I, I it, picture it's like almost the become, Nazis... I picture him like the Nazis opening the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and the U.S. is Harrison Ford. Don't look at it, Marion. We know better, you know. (laughs) Right. So it doesn't even become an issue of North Korea's intentions or what Kim Jong-un wants. It's, yeah, if they're going to be this much of a loose cannon, it, I don't see how much longer uh, uh, any kind of negotiation or uh, or uh, oh, what what's the term cutting off their supplies basically sanctions <laughs> oh sanctions San- yeah. sa- sanctions thank you couldn't couldn't think of that one I, I don't see how that's going to go anywhere well isn't the isn't the the the, the bitch of sanctions that and didn't we kind of go through this with all the Iraq sanctions over the years before we just finally said, fuck it, we're going in there, was that it affects the civilians in the country that we have the sanctions against. It never yeah. really affects the people at the top because they're always going to get theirs, like the leaders or dictators, however you want to look at it. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's the double-edged sword here. We're trying to by using sanctions come to a peaceful resolution by kind of like we're going to wait you out but at the same time we're really pissing off people in their in their country and all their fucking dictator has to do is little Kimmy all he has to do is go oh this, this is the Americans fault I mean I there was a, a video that, that hit Facebook, it got taken down. I don't know how valid it was, but there was people saying that spoke Korean saying that it was legit that had been basically it was propaganda for North Korea. And it was showing clips of of US television, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean it was taking all the worst things. It was taking like my super sweet sixteen reality TV shows like The Bachelor etc etc and saying this is this is these are the people that you know want to destroy us these are what they worship you know they don't care about family or 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 anything like that they only care about material things and wealth and fame and that's you know they're godless heathens 
which is kind of ironic coming from North Korea, but still, I guess it it plays. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to disagree with it, but, I mean, when you hit a bullseye, I can't really sit there and go, no, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to say when you just ring it up to 100%? No fucking question. You, you hit dead center of this fucking target. I mean, it's the truth. Now, the problem is they presented it as that's all we are. That's our pop culture. Pop culture is very important in America, but ultimately, at least I think our generation growing up, we understood that it's disposable culture as well. What's hot now, 10 years won't be. That's the nature of pop culture. It comes, it goes. You might get a revival every once in a while. You mean the Jersey Shore wasn't going to be around forever? No, they weren't going up on Mount Rushmore. No. The situation was not going to be next to FDR. Or not FDR. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Fucking the other Roosevelt. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, now, Teddy. Now Teddy. with that attitude, Rich. <laughs> but, you heard of change.org? <laughs> Yes, I might have actually signed a few things on that website at one point. Anyways, um, no, but it's it, to me that was interesting because it's like, all right, what kind of war are we fighting here? Yeah, it's a, it's. Yeah, I get what you're saying with the Cold War thing, but to me, this is he's escalating a lot quicker than Russia ever did. I mean, the Bay of Pigs was pretty much about as close to all-out war as we came with Russia, right? He lobs, you said it yourself, he lobs a missile that lands in the wrong place and kills a bunch of our allies and we don't do anything. How's that going to look? I mean, we're going to, we're going to look like a, you know, where's the dress? Honey, go get our dress so we can change into it in front of everybody because we're a big fucking pussy right now. We have to do something at that point. This is a no-win situation as far as I'm concerned. And even if we didn't have Trump in office, I, I think it would be escalating. Maybe not at this speed, but I think I think they would escalate it. Period. That's what they want. Not well, their people, know, but their leadership. Yeah, Kim Jong Il is just the the latest in a series of dictators that, by practice, every time there's a new American president, they have to test them. Yeah, they flex they, their nuts. They, they see what they can get away with. And clearly that that test came back positive for we can really fuck with the country under this leadership. Because this guy is taking every piece of bait that I'm giving him. He's he's matching me tit for tat on every crazy thing that comes out of my mouth. Sometimes even going, I'll raise you that. I mean, when he come out with that, with a fire and fury the world has never seen, I was like, oh, shit. Right. <sighs> really, dude? Those words? That's like when Bush was like, this is a crusade against the evildoers. That's not the word you want to use with Islam. The fuck is wrong with you, idiot? <sighs> you know? It, yeah, fire and fury. What a poet. Do you think yeah. Tom Cruise is going to play you in the biopic? Gonna be an act, an action adventure. But did you expect anything else out of him? He's a guy with a big ego. Yeah, the true story of how Trump snuck over into North Korea in uh, 
<laughs> and assassinated Condone. Don't give him any ideas, because I could see his ass buying a movie studio, casting Tom Cruise, and in 20 years, we or 20 years, Tom Cruise would be too many, 10 years, we see them, the movie and in uh, the preview. Tom Cruise is low crawling with a knife in his teeth through North Korea, and he goes up and he slits the fucking guy's throat. He's, he's sneaking out of uh, Dennis Rodman's luggage. Yeah. <laughs> in the North Korea version, he kicks the knife out of Tom Cruise's hand and kills Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's, he he does a leg sweep and takes his lifts out from under him. Tom Cruise goes down in a big old five foot two heap of nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, isn't it isn't that safer if that's the type of fucking war they want to wage? They want to go with a cultural war, shouldn't? Yeah, shouldn't we encourage that versus this military build up bullshit? Yeah, you want to fucking take pot shots at us? But if I was Trump, I'm like I'm like get me uh, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker on the phone. They're, here, just make shit, talking shit about North Korea. Just piss him off that way. He just keeps making his propaganda, and we'll just throw that back and forth. They'd be official ministers of shit talking. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You it's know, a lot safer. I, I wish I knew the source on this one, because I heard it secondhand. But there was the idea of the answer to North Korea is just to airdrop millions of internet-capable cell phones and fly a satellite over top of them and just fill the citizens with information. It sounds like a joke, but I, I honestly, that is the most sane answer that I've heard in, in how to deal with the North Korea situation. But I mean, because don't you ultimately, think maybe they're so brainwashed though that the government could just be like, "Oh yeah, no, that's, we're fucking around with you. We're we're testing your loyalty to the leader." Don't believe that shit. I mean, eh. If movie and TVs have taught me anything, it's what I've seen in them is how it goes over there. All right. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are some people that say that a, a good part of the fall of the Soviet Union was due to our American culture that they just couldn't keep out of their country. And the Russians certainly had their fair share of propaganda to try and keep their citizens, citizens in line, but I, ultimately it didn't last. I'm one of those people. I mean, if you look at how many, how much of American music and concerts started happening over there, and then boom, Russia as we knew it, coming to an end, pretty much, I mean, it has to be a big coincidence if that didn't, I'm not saying that was the the the, the biggest thing that did it, but it seemed like it was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. You know, they're like, oh, wait a minute. They get to live this way? Right, and I mean... We didn't know that. We've been told this all our lives. It's all bullshit. Certainly, I'm sure there are people in North Korea that wouldn't listen to anything from you know, that came from the American devils. They wouldn't believe any of it. But, you know, if your leader like tells you that America... He portrays one version of America, one consistent version... And you have a bunch of media and news and information, none of which confirms what your leader is telling you. 
and it's from not just multiple sources, all sources that you can find on the internet, then I think ultimately that you're going to come to your senses. I don't think there's any amount of quote-unquote brainwashing that can be done to to a person that can just be complete. Yes, people have are, are capable of being oblivious to facts, but at a certain point, there is a such thing as overwhelming evidence. You know, that's part of the problem. Why? Well, things that we were talking about earlier with healthcare, and well, we haven't really talked about climate change yet today, but. That's another one. These type of things that take these problems that take foresight, that take an understanding, and they aren't affecting you directly right now today. Those are the type of things where it's easy for somebody to dismiss individual facts and argue about things. But this is happening you know in, to uh, people in north korea it is happening to them every minute of every day and sometimes it's just not an awareness that there is other that allows you to mentally imprison somebody like that that y- your way the north korean way is the only way once you're shown that there is another way. I mean, yeah. There, I'm sure there are people who are legitimately loyal to their leader, to their country, to this version of North Korea. And, and certainly plenty of citizens are willing to die for that cause. And while we don't know a ton about the country, it doesn't seem like that's the majority. The majority are just trying to get by. And if they're just simply shown examples of people living lives where, you know, not everything is rationed to them. They don't have to wait in line for everything. There's not massive unemployment. There's not massive poverty. There's not people dying. You mean your president can't dunk a dying. There's not people dying of starvation. I mean, sure, the occasional homeless man. Can we get in some North, of the North Korean weed? But in North Korea, it's there's straight up famines because they just don't produce enough food on their own to feed their people. It's all a lie, it's all a ruse, like in the interview. So I don't know. I mean, ultimately, isn't that the only true power of the individual? The individual with not millions of dollars to use as influence. Their only true power is information. I mean, voting is just an an exercise of that power, but without proper information, you don't have any power to take any legitimate stance or try and make any change. Aren't there literally like a single number of computers on the internet in North Korea? I don't know. I think they have... They probably have their own... From what I understand, like they, their, I just their imagine their own. 
It's a Google page with the O's or Kim Jong Il's face. <laughs> from from what I understand, it's a it's a very heavily monitored, censored internet that they have, and it's not as widely available as here. But they also have something that's. Well, this is really going to not make me popular. Some people. The first half of what you were saying, Aaron. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, before you got to the you know the famines, the mass unemployment, before that part, right. I'm thinking, take out North Korea, put in America, you'd be talking about us, you know, people who are just trying to get by and and their government is just in control, and there's they there's nothing they can do. I mean, what 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 can they do? Any any you step out of line. You're handled one way or the other. You're going to toe the line. You're going to do right. what your government says. It's all well, there is to it. Th- that's the other side of this is that it's not just about incoming information, but it's about the exchange of ideas with the citizens. You know, They don't have the basic right that we enjoy in this country to just peacefully assemble, to even talk this shit out. Like, Do you like the way that your government is treating you right now? Ask basic questions like that. Give us a few years. We're going to fuck that one up. Well, the, and that's, that's the other part is apparently a large part of their culture is very Orwellian as far as it's a tattletale culture. You're encouraged to do that because if it's found out that your neighbor was doing this and your neighbor goes, well, wait a minute, he knew I was doing it. He had nothing to do with it, but he knew I was doing it to try to curry favor with, his, with the people that caught him. You both go. And so it's, you know, I mean, how far is that off from you say something, you see something, say something? Yeah, it seems like uh, this is, I guess this is going to sound racist, but I do believe that there is something inherently communist in the nature of Asian societies. You know, this, there's just a, an idea of that you really aren't that special, you know, <laughs> that goes contrary to what Western culture oh. is built on. There's a fucking billion of you, you know, kind of proves it. You know, and, and even like China has, well, it's taken it to greater extremes in the past, like with the culture wars in China. But I mean, currently they don't, enjoy that much more freedom than North Korea. They're just able to have a competent government that knows how to work with others so that it's been able to be way more prosperous. But well, they, also, really, they really live in, in a similar, just not quite as authoritarian of a government. Well, I mean, if you look at... If you look at history, if you look at the way... Things have been, you know, like one of the most popular books, obviously, would be The Art of War by Sun Tzu and all this. You look at yeah. that, it's it, the, in their culture, and I, this isn't a racial difference, this is a cultural difference. In their culture, they don't plan for, I'm 18, by the time I'm 65, I want to retire comfortably. It's more of, this generation sacrifices, and five generations down the line, 
the the fruits of what the, the fruits of the trees we planted come to come to bear. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's and granted it's more of an old school an older culture mindset, but that's still there to an extent. I mean, if you look at Certainly. even just even just Japanese businesses and how they run compared to American businesses, it's very much you know, yeah, upward mobility is important, but it's also don't shame your family, don't shame, bring shame to the company doing it, etc., etc. Of course they have corruption, of course they have the same shit we have, it just manifests itself in different ways. And whereas we almost have a tolerance for corruption, if we, if we elect a politician and he seems too good to be true, we're waiting for the other shoe to fall. Because that's how cynical of a nature we've, you know, we have in in, in our culture right now. Theirs isn't that way, you know. I mean, I've I've had friends who their families are very much, you know, you go to their house and it's like you walked into a completely different, uh, you walked into into someone's house in a completely different country. They only speak Japanese or they only speak Korean or et cetera, et cetera, and. Even though you're made to feel welcome, you 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 are constantly aware of you are an outsider to this culture, and when you when you when you watch it from that aspect, almost like in a in a detached way, and you see how the family interacts with each other compared to the, your average American family, you're like, wow, this is very different. Like oh, this yeah. isn't this isn't even a discipline. I'll smack the shit out of you if you fucking show your ass in front of company thing. This is, they just have been raised with this idea of you don't, you do this and you do this and you do this. I mean, if you think about it, honestly, and this is going to probably be insulting to somebody, but I don't know any other way to put it. Of all the immigrants we hear about and all the, the people of color, since that seems to be the fucking proper term to use these days, why do we never hear these horror stories about cultures, you know, people coming from, like, that, those type of cultures coming here and having a hard time well, it's, You're not adjusting. the first person, dude, I listen to two different podcasts where the hosts make that point all the time. Like, how come I mean, Asians kick ass? And I don't, I don't it's know. culture thing. <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not one of those people, I, I just... I found out what it's called, but I've always known about it. I guess they're called race race realist. They tend to believe that everything's based on the race, whereas I go, I would attribute it more to culture. You can't yeah. call you can't call a black American, and you can't look at a black American and say they have the exact same traits, whatever, as a black South American or South African. Just because they're black, it's a different culture. It's that's what makes their traits different, you know. I mean, if you take it just outside biology, I'm just talking traditions and shit. Well, and, right, and but, but well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's just weird because it seems like they 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 hold to their culture so dearly, yet they have no problem coming and understanding and adjusting to everyday. And, and, and becoming part of the melting pot, if you will. Like, right. I don't 
I don't hear people going, we need more Asians in the STEM industry. We need more Asians in school. We need more Asians in, co- or in college, not school, you know, or, or, or stuff like that. And, you know, or Asians are, or, or, you, you, you hardly ever hear. They're not, they're not represented proportionally in, in, in pop culture and society and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I said, yeah, I said, I, a couple examples recently of that. I, I yeah, but is that really is that a bunch of fucking white people bitching on their behalf? Yeah, or is well, that honestly like you know the, their version of the NAACP drawing attention to it? Because I know there has to every every group has some sort of representative. Group. Just be the the NAACP, National Association of Asian Americans, for the advancement of Asian Americans. Oh yeah. But no, I, and I mean, I, I I don't mean it as a racial thing. Once again, I, I think it's more of a cultural thing. Well, I I believe that the line's kind of blurrier, though, than that. Because science is finding there's a lot of ways where our behavior does affect our genes. And not just in, you know, the long-term uh, uh, process of evolution and mutation, but directly from from you know from one generation to the next, uh, we can do things in our lives that can affect our genes and those therefore what we pass on to our children. It wasn't too long ago they found that in cases where one generation went through a period of famine which you know doesn't necessarily not everybody dies from a famine but everybody there's experiences to some degree food scarcity and they found that the children of that generation that experienced that food scarcity were actually healthier and living longer so there was things, and just as an example of, of, I guess, the point that I'm trying to make, that there are things that if they're ingrained into your culture, they are going to be ingrained into the DNA as well. It almost then does become a race thing. I mean, the same way that there's any sort of behavior that's passed down from from animal to animal. You know, how does, I've got a mother and a daughter cat, how does my daughter know how to... to yeah, I, I just saw that Cubase just crashed. What was I talking about? I was babbling anyway. I don't know. To sum it up... It, oh, wait. The traits almost become part of their DNA, and you were talking about having a mother and a uh, her, her daughter cat. I'm just saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you in the idea of separating culture from race because they are two different things when it comes to studying them but the culture definitely does affect race ultimately I mean I guess in the aspect of if you live in a certain area eventually the people who live there will evolve physically they will evolve characteristics that make it easier to live in those climates, area of the world, whatever. 
I mean, isn't it? Th- yeah, not. But but it, okay. So Is that why white guys start talking about black take guys. Take that idea, but extend it to not like just not just not just the climates that you're raised in or that you that you exist in, but the societies as well have the same effect. It may not be as direct as, say, if you come from a race that is in a mostly desert area with not a lot of coverage, you're going to be dark-skinned because otherwise you'd sunburn like a motherfucker and get skin cancer all the time. Yeah, not all of us fair as well as, so as Jim Carrey did in uh, Ace Ventura too. Right. So, yeah, I mean, in the same way, you, you would develop... Uh, there would be advantages to certain genetic, well, you could call them mutations, but predilections for having a stronger sense of family and of your service to your society in general. You know, not being so individualistic, not having this strong belief in basic individual human rights as Western culture does. And I'm not saying that as a judgment call one way or the other. I, again, like anything, I think you got to kind of... There's good and bad to it, to both sides, and you have to learn where to apply it in your life. Well, that's why I always say, isn't that what America is supposed to be when we say the melting pot? Meaning that we take people from all over the world bring them here and take the best parts that strengthen everybody as a whole from all cultures i mean I, yeah well that was us but the stew's done now you know that it's cooked we're finished we have our american culture and we don't want to accept anymore Anything else is a front to what we've built in this country, even though what we've built in this country is the stew. <laughs> you know, we we took I we took all the best ideas from all these different cultures and created something pretty awesome. And then we said, "That's as awesome as it's going to get. No more new ideas." I, well, I mean, I hope you're wrong. This is. But- th- th- this is it. You you speak English and you drive a truck in this country and you eat hamburgers and Chinese food on the weekend. Well, that's the I mean, I, I, I would hope you're wrong, but if, if you are right, I would think that we've forgotten a lot of the ingredients that went into the stew. And maybe we need to go back and revisit yeah. what made it the stew it is. Because there's, I, I mean, I, I don't know, I... Asian culture makes a lot of sense to me in the aspects of, you know, things like, you know, and I understand it's been romanticized, save the fucking emails and Facebook messages, uh, you know, the Bushido code as far as samurai, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the thinking that, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, I'm going to have to quote Star Trek too, you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few or the one, et cetera, et cetera. But 
I mean, it's it's not something I want to live my life by completely and totally, and that's it. I mean, at the same time, I believe you can have individual uh, a strong sense of, of an individual self and understand that sometimes you're just being a selfish asshole at the expense of other people. And I mean, I'm not talking in this, this, like the Dennis Leary sense of the song, asshole. I'm talking like... Let me sit here and talk about how much I care about my fellow man, but I stepped over five bums to get to the fucking Tigers game two days ago. You know, that type of thing. And it's like, you know, we I don't know. I, maybe I'm just trying to find hope again. Because I just really am being very cynical about, like... Like, a lot of things. I mean, you know, like I said, going back to the... just Just... Not to get back on the subject, but Trump coming out saying, you know, universal health care is a curse on the U.S. Really? That's a curse on the U.S.? Okay. You know, I mean, all the shit that, that, that we're dealing with, this is, this, is, this is the curse. I mean, and I understand that he probably didn't think about using that word in that context. But it's like, really, dude? Come on, man. Because you know there's people out there that are lapping that shit up. Not even questioning it. And it's just ridiculous. Say it's a bad idea. Give me some valid reasons why you believe it's a bad idea. How about, how about this? How about better than that? We stop, we stop acting like we need to start discussions and draw attention to problems and start coming up with solutions. And solutions this doesn't fall on us. They stopped the story. Can't come up with solutions. Yeah. That's kind of the problem, isn't it? There's no money to be made off of solutions, but there's money to be made to keep yelling, there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. I mean, that's... These are our leaders. Lead. Isn't that... Isn't that I mean, personally, I don't feel like I need a leader. I, I just don't. Sorry. I don't need someone to tell me where to shit and, and where to wipe my ass and et cetera, et cetera, and what laws I need to follow and what laws I don't. I think I have a pretty fair moral compass that points true north. But if you're there and that's what you've been hired to do, then fucking do it. Or I quote the Marine Corps, lead, follow, or get the fuck out of the way because you're gumming up the works. And I... I I think that's what Trump's made it pretty clear that he is not a leader in any clear sense of the term. He he is just taking advantage of people's ideas on certain issues in order for him to accrue more power, promote his brand, make sure his family's well employed. And maybe politics has always been this way. I don't know. I, there, ooh, there's that there's that horrible phrase that you know makes me an idiot. I don't know, but it seems to me that it's a lot easier to sit on the sidelines and snipe from the sidelines and shoot down anybody who has any ideas than it is to offer any ideas yourself. Doesn't it doesn't take much of a fucking doesn't take a, a very brave person to to lay back in the buckwheat and pick people off who don't know you're there after they've exposed themselves and taken a chance by presenting an idea to the general public. I mean, that's not exactly like, you know, that, that, I wouldn't call that person a hero. 
Because Richard Fieber, that person's not falling on the, the, the grenade. Follow through. Can't do that. I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, isn't, isn't our idea? We have free speech in this country, open discourse, and it comes with an understanding that you're going to have to hear from idiots as well. Well, of course, but it doesn't mean we have to to, to lend weight to what the idiots say. Yeah, it's the same freedom. I can also it, go. All right, enough, idiots. And walk away. Yeah, they can see. They can. They can keep talking. Doesn't mean I got to stand there and listen to them. I mean, I, that's that's the beauty of this. But I mean, it it just feels like at at this point, you know, when when I can't remember if it was Aaron, you or Chris that said it, but like you know, the government's kind of like er, come to a standstill since Trump's been in office. Yeah, ain't done shit. Ain't done dick. It's been great. It's just like maybe this is better. As fucked up as it is, I mean, instead of picking the if we're not gonna if we're not gonna heal the cut, then we definitely don't need to keep picking the scab. Maybe if we yeah, okay, but better is one question. Sustainable is a better question. I don't have much hope that any any country is sustainable as the world power for more than these days. Three four hundred years. Well, I, Rich, I'll tell you something shocking. I don't really give a fuck if America's number one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way because I get shouted down when I feel that when I say I feel that way. I do. I, I care about how we act in the world. Yeah. I care about how my my government represents me, and I care about. You know, it doesn't mean that I want anything to be shit in my own country. I just don't see it as a race, some sort of competition. And, I mean, really, to what end? You know, in during the Roman Empire, they built up this idea that they were the greatest power in the world even though they sure weren't in mass numbers, and use that to help conquer a good part of that world around them. What are we trying? I mean, we're not trying to take on any new lands. Nobody really is is talking about nation building, much less imperialism. So why, why do we need to be number one? Fear. We don't trust anyone else to do the job. Our or our leaders don't. I, I should. I should. We. I guess I should really stop saying we when I when I talk about when I really mean our leaders. And I think that comes from a very deeply ingrained in in our politicians' mind that the military is just as important as the diplomats. And we've got to a point where. If world powers go to war, it's mutually assured destruction. That's the last resort. The military is there break glass in case of emergency. Diplomats are the ones that's going to move us forward. When the diplomats stop talking and the generals fucking push them out of the way and sit down at the big chair, that's when we know, oh shit, batting down the hatches because it's about to get fucking all types of fucking the road up in here. I, that's... 
and I'm not. Yeah, but that, that's also. I mean, history has also shown that that's there's some things that will not change until those events happen. Well, I mean, there's there's yeah. been articles over the years I've read of you know what would happen with a small nuclear exchange, and you know I've gone to the comment sections because I'm a sucker for that and. A lot of people in, in countries who wouldn't be involved are like, eh, wouldn't bother us. I mean, the economy, the world economy would take a hit, but it'd recover. Wealth is wealth. Wealthy people aren't going to fucking let their wealth fucking go away. They'll find another way to make money. They'll find another country to sell their goods to. You know, if they, if, if, if L.A. and New York and and, you know, a couple fucking cities in North Korea get wiped out, it's not the end of the world. And I'm like, wow, okay. I mean, that's because that's basically what we're talking about, right? I mean, with North Korea, it's not, they're not going to fucking launch a, a, a 1980s Russia strike at us. That's not happening. They don't have that. They, they're going to take out a few, what, coastal cities at best? Right. And then what can we do? We can't just carpet bomb them fuckers with nukes because then there goes North South Korea. And then China, who's wanting to play fucking Sweden and all this, will get involved. And then we're in a world of shit. So, I mean, it's really, what are we going to do? I mean, that's, that's it. Here's, here's, here's the part that Trump doesn't understand. Self. Here's, <laughs> here's the part. I'm telling you, man. Here's the part Trump doesn't understand. It's not in... He doesn't control what happens next. Any act of aggression he takes is just that, an act of aggression. It's a preemptive strike. We have to be hit first to justify to the world a retaliation. That's just how the game is played at this point. That's the cost of being the big... the, 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 the HNIC in the world. You got to get hit first because if not, you're punching down. You're being a bully, and we've already proven that you know we'll get attacked, and then we'll go after the wrong countries. I mean, we'll do that. We'll we'll, we'll pretty up, you know. Our <laughs> hey, mostly Saudi Arabians attacked us. Let's go invade Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. But I mean, we got away with it. Oh. Uh, not just that, I mean, still funding terrorism. Oh, of course. Still, to this fucking day, funneling millions of dollars into terrorists. And hands. even if we didn't do that, just by the very nature of how our military works, which is, okay, we're done over here, and we just leave all our fucking weapons and leave, we don't bring them shits back with us. There's no, We don't repurpose them. The ones we repurpose are the ones that are sitting in fucking storage here in the States. We sell them to the police out here. We don't bring the shit back from Iraq and paint Michigan State right. Police on the side and give it to them. That shit stays there. We do not. We do not beat our swords into plowshares. We just throw them down and leave them there. You know, I mean that's 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 how we that's that's just how we do. It's it's more cost effective. You know, it's cheaper to leave them there. Well, really, is it in the long run? Eventually, someone's going to pick those things up. And point them at somebody else. Hey, not our problem. We're no longer there. I mean, it's it, 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 
that's that's the whole thing about North Korea that, that people are like, oh God, what if Trump if Trump does something like that, we're going to be in a world of shit because half the world's going to want our asses. If he goes over there and he drops and he starts bombing North Korea unprovoked without an attack of some sort on us or an ally, we're going to have a problem with the UN. And yeah, we can talk all the shit about oh. we got we got the biggest military in the world. The problem is, do, can we fight on? How many different fronts at once with our military? And is it worth it? I don't know. I feel like we would have more nations just try and pretend it's not happening. I think the United Kingdom would basically turn a blind eye towards it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think Can- I think Canada would be like, hey, we just want to play hockey. And they'd just be like, leave us the fuck out of this shit. And we know we're Sweden lands. China would be like, huh, these are the good guys? They'd go right to the United Nations. These are the good guys? These are the guys you've been banking on? And Japan would be like, come on, man, we're right here. <laughs> like, God damn it, we're waiting for the new Final Fantasy. Can we not destroy the world right now? Yeah. I mean, that's when you really think about global politics as far as this shit goes, it's just a waiting game. And... As fucked up as this is going to sound, the best thing that can happen for the U.S. is he lobs another rocket and it hits someplace in fucking Japan. Because then, Japan hasn't been a threat to anybody since we dropped that second nuke on him. As far as military strikes go. So, they are just... At right, yeah. Trump's best case scenario is having an excuse to go to war without having any... American death exactly. on his hand. And that would get us probably, if we said we're going to lead the attack because they attacked Japan, we might not get mm-hmm. allies necessarily, people right there on the front lines with us, but we would get people who go, okay, we're not going to do anything to stop you. You go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, it'd be a shame if something happened in North Korea, wouldn't it? And then just kind of walk away. I mean, that's that's where we're at in the world as far as this type of shit. And that's the fucked up part. It's all games. It's it, And it as sad as it is to say, I mean, the lives that that we think about, they're the, the, the leaders of, of these, of all the countries in the world, they don't think about the lives the same way we do. I, I, I doubt very few leaders actually think about the individual soldiers Air, you know, airmen, sailors, marines, or whatever that they're sending into combat. They just think, "Hey, send in these people. Send in these people. What are we getting back? Well, we have a lot of wounded, but not that many casualties. Okay, keep sending them." And that's how it's. It's what it is, man. That's why. Look at look at what's popular in pop culture. Game of Thrones. If we could get as many people interested in U.S. politics as interested that are as interested in the politics of Westeros, we would be way better off in this country. <laughs> but I mean, it really is. It's just this army is going to fight this army. This army is going to set up here. This army is going to set up here. Everyone's going to stare at each other and give each other dirty looks, and no one's going to do shit. 
And when someone does shit, okay, we go in, we handle it. You know, and Chris has said this, and I, at first, I, I was like, eh, I, I, I can't, I don't agree with it. I'm starting to kind of agree with it, maybe. Maybe humans need some type of global conflict every X amount of years, whether we want to admit it or not. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe we've gotten so so high on the hog and we live so fucking well that we don't appreciate what we have. You know, Chris was talking about Ari Shafir just went completely off the grid for what, four months, you said? Yeah, I think so. I think it was like three or four months. Yeah, no cell phone, no nothing. No one could get hold of him, just traveled Southeast Asia. And when he came back, he was like, everybody needs to shut the fuck up about any type of privilege if you woke up today in America, because we're all privileged. So shut the fuck up with your bullshit. Maybe we need a reality check. You know? Hey, guess what? You don't have the grades to go to college? (laughs) You're now part of the U.S. military. You don't have a choice. Go fight. And I, don't, and I don't mean to be too anti-America with this quote, but he he said, uh, you woke up in a first world country. Right, yeah, that's... Well, I, yeah, I, I guess, I, yeah, I misquoted, misquoted him, sorry. But, well, but I, it's, we're, there's, it's just, I, I just wanted the point to be, just, it's more than just us, you know, you wake up in Canada, you're fucking lucky, you know? certain European countries well, because, you've won the lottery so to speak definitely you live, you live in any area where you can go buy whatever you want at the store and you have basic freedom well, have you have you seen yeah. the picture you're ahead have you of the seen game. the pictures of grocery stores in Venezuela uh, no. the empty sh- the empty I mean, shelves people are fucking they're rationing out food in that country People are starving. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is not a country that's like you know, some what we think of when we think of th- some third world country either. This is a fairly deve- no, you know, this is a fairly developed country, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, and this, well, this is a country that not that long ago was thriving and trying to figure out what it was going to do with all its oil money. And taunting the U.S. for not being liberal enough. Exactly. And this is this is one of the things that has made me rethink a lot of my political beliefs because, hey, if you want to get down to it, they're close. They're the closest thing to a socialist country right now that we have the example of. And look at what's happening. Inflation's gone through the roof. People can't afford food. I mean, it's it's insanity. Well, well, right, because it's it's the it was the implementation of socialism across the board as a universal philosophy for all answers to any problem that a government could possibly solve. And it's just not. It's, it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, I think, and it's like, haven't we learned this lesson yet? Even even we talk about it constantly. On this show, Bill Maher talks about it. You know, half this country hates the, the word socialism, but really they love socialism because we have socialist aspects of this country that we all use every single day. Right. Yeah. And as much have, bitching about it as we do, 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 you like, do you like having streetlights? Do you like having paved roads? 
Do you like someone showing up when your house is on fire to put it out? You know? And as much as we bitch about how inefficient those things can be, we'd bitch a lot more if they weren't there. So, I mean, it once again, goes back to we need, you know, it, not only should we have a cultural melting pot, but we need to have a melting pot of ideas. And we have, for the most part, now we have to tweak it. Which means letting in new ideas, which means continuing to broaden our own culture with other cultures. That means actually trying to change instead of saying you want to change. Well, I, I think that's your first problem there, is most people don't think that there's any change to be had. I mean, where do you go when you start with America being number one? Well, we're fucking perfect. I mean, why should we have America, to change? America, we made a new number one. It's called kick-ass number one. It's gold-plated. <laughs> Fire comes out right. of it. Because we've seen examples. Look, look at Rome did the same thing for decade after decade, and Sure, it was hot and worked for a while, but eventually people caught on to their shit, and they started believing their own bullshit. Oh, I mean, I'd say believe in our own... So, America yeah. already believes its own bullshit, and it's about to be called to... It? to uh, called out by our own North bullshit Korea. at an all-time high, at least, at least in my lifetime. I don't know about y'all's. I think we were feeling ourselves awfully lot during the the, the 80s. That came from the top down. That was from big big white daddy Reagan. He he had this country thumping its chest pretty hard. I mean, it kind of happened after 9/11, but the the left had 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 learned the lessons of being silent through the 80s and came up and said no huh ultimately it didn't stop the Iraq war but I mean the fact that we know that we went to war under false pretenses and it was bullshit 50 years before I don't think that would have came to light as quick as it did I mean essentially how many how many decades did it take after the Vietnam war for them to admit that the Gulf of Tonkin was a bunch of bullshit you know it, it, we we don't like to admit our mistakes quickly in this in this country, especially our leaders. Which you know it goes back to to you know something we, once again we're talking about pre show, you know the whole if you change your mind or if you admit you're wrong somehow that's a sign of weakness. You can't reverse yourself, or as as you know you guys have said before, if you admit that there's a problem. That's a problem in and of itself, because you're opening the door to criticism. If you just stand pat and go, everything's fine, for some reason it's comforting to a lot of people. And I don't get that. I'd rather be told, if I have a booger hanging out of my face and I'm walking around with you, tell me, please. Don't let me walk around looking like a fucking idiot all day. If my fly's down and my balls are damn near hanging out, let me know. I'd rather, I'd rather be momentary... You know, embarrassment and zip up, then spend eight hours that day walking around and someone go, you know, your balls were damn near hanging out all day? No, but I'm glad you let everyone fucking get a good gander at them. Thanks for telling me. I don't want to make any, I don't want to make any judgments on your, you know, personal <laughs> style. <laughs> that's, that's, 
That's his thing. That you know, likes his yeah. balls to hang. They're, they're just. It's just a scrotum. Half the world has them. <laughs> Why should I have to change because the way I dress makes you uncomfortable? But no, I. I it's it's. That's a isn't that a good trait? Isn't that what we teach our what we would ideally teach our kids? Hey, if you fuck up, take responsibility for it. I mean, something as simple as, and I've I'm I've been guilty of this many times over my own life, especially when I was younger. Anytime I gave an apology, it was I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but well, I'm sorry, but you know, I've been drinking and you know blah blah, blah or I'm sorry, but you know. So and so said something that set me off, and it. No, an apology is I'm sorry. Stop talking. That's an apology. And showing, uh, uh, showing that you're wanting to not do that behavior again, means working towards not doing the behavior again. Not thinking that oh I can just act an asshole. And go wild and out, and, and just as long as I apologize at the end of it, everything's cool. That shit wears fucking paper thin after a while. And I, I mean, we have we have a person in office who never reverses himself. You know, I we have Chris and I talked to. Uh, well, no, that's not actually completely true. He'll reverse himself, but he'll never admit that he was wrong. He acts like, you know. His previous statements on the subject never existed. Uh, I guess, yeah, 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 I misspoke. You're right. Yeah, the whole, uh, hmm, I, this is what I said, but this is what I meant. And, yeah, but basically not taking responsibility for previous words or actions. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous thing because... Chris and I had a conversation with a person within the last 24 hours who still is just riding that Trump train, man. And I'm like, why? You don't like half the shit he's done. And the other half annoys you. Why? And the only answer, that was our, that was our final warning. It's shaking this up. is our final warning. What warning? Who's 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 we that that, that was a final warning from? You and you and what the Michigan militia? Yeah, it, it's again. It's like when I hear we're taking our country back from who? Who has it? Rich, oh, rich white guy still run everything. Who has the country? Who are you? Who are we specifically taking it back from? You give me a name. I mean, you give me you a know, name. I'll I, help you. I understand the Michigan militia was at one point on the terror watch list, but I'm not really afraid of the diabetic Delta Force. So I don't, I don't really know what they're going to do. I mean, half them guys look like me in, in camo, and I didn't know you could get fucking BDUs in 4X. I mean, that kind of seems, runs counterintuitive to getting in shape in boot camp. I don't know, but... Mm. Hey, fun fact, I didn't realize this. Until about a month ago, I have Ruby Ridge in my little territory for work. I was, was that Randy Weaver? I was not aware of it until was he the one at Ruby? like was a month ago. It's way up in the little uh, panhandle in North Idaho. Yeah, but wasn't he the one at Ruby Ridge? Yes. The FBI showed up and he was like, "Got something for that ass," and there was that, that standoff. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I don't want to sidetrack the conversation. Well, there you go. <laughs> there we. I, th- I think I'm running out of steam anyway. <laughs> there you go, Chris. Next time we have a conversation with this person, we'll tell them. You want to go to Ruby Ridge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make your make your final stand there. Go ahead, Ted Kaczynski. Stop at Walmart. Get a rifle. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because that uh, that 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 thirty out six is going to do a whole lot against them drone strikes. All right, so. Guess we're gonna put a bow on. You know, it was so refreshing to not have like the first hour of this show be about Donald Trump. I swear to God, his name came up a couple times, but so it's a, I'm sure give him a week. Give him a week. Who the fuck knows what we'll be talking about next week? But I, I did hear from one listener who says that they love the Donald Trump talk. So who knows? <laughs> Uh, our, our hatred for him is insatiable. <laughs> I want to ask, ask that person, hey, I want to do it every week for three hours. See how much you love it after eight months. <laughs> 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 but to those of you who do Still like it, what? Hey, thank you for listening, for downloading, for sharing it with people. Uh, I say it every week because it's true. I'm not lying. The numbers go up every week. The numbers are bigger every month. There's obviously an audience for this show. Thank you for listening. Uh, go to ChristopherMedia.net. You can hit the donate button. You can click on the Amazon link. All kinds of shit there. If you like what you hear on the network, you can help to support us. Uh, but with that, oh, at Unregimented, blah, blah, blah. Try that again. At Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net is email. And we will see you next week. All right, later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.